broadcast host on Global Radio Talk Show, a broadcast service of globalbusinessnews.net. Our special guest today is Elizabeth Lyons, who's the owner of Lyonsology, and she's based in Dallas, Texas. She is a three-time author. She is a leadership career coach, radio show host, and eternal optimist. Her main focus is to be the quote-unquote, good news, and inspire all walks of corporate America. She's been already featured, and I'm really honored to have her here, but she's already been featured in a number of media outlets, including CBS, Texas CEO, and the Dale Carnegie Group. So her new book is a success, and is called Hear Us Roar. Let's say hello and welcome Elizabeth Lyons. Hi, thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. You know, I appreciate you because I know you're really busy. Let's move on. Hear Us Roar is an unapologetic women leading in corporate America. Tell us about your book. Yeah, I wrote this book about a year ago and launched it. And it was actually written for women in leadership. And what I mean by that is first time women in leadership or women that are having a difficult time getting promoted and moving into leadership. What you find out there in corporate America often is there are no leadership programs. So you could get promoted, but you may not be successful because you weren't really trained in how to lead. I mean, you might know the product, you might know the processes, but leadership is a whole different ball of wax because now you're responsible for other people's performance. So this is kind of the little red book of secrets how to get promoted, how to work in primarily male-dominated offices and industries such as construction, banking, and financial IT. It's a great read for any woman that's just having a tough time navigating the workplace. Let's go deep here. The basis of leadership is self-confidence. Isn't that right? I would say it's more than that. You know, it's funny that you asked that question. I just came off of a call with a client of mine, and we were talking about what leadership is. And one of the things I pointed out was it's really about pulling the best performance and the best talent out of your team. So it's your job to identify what their talent is and to pull that out of them and then let them do their job. (laughs) So we talked about in this session. And so I think confidence is a part of displaying that, right? I think you have to have an element of confidence and belief when you're working with your people. I think it's an element, but I don't think it's everything. I think that there's so many levels to leadership and so many facets to it. And if you look out there, it's hard to find a really good leader to emulate. So it's, it's a very tricky thing. So I'm looking at your book's contents here. And one of the chapters, chapter 15, is transparent and authentic leadership. How does that relate to, well, I mean, it's a great topic for anyone, men or women, but what's your view? What's your your take there about women and transparent and authentic leadership? I think for a woman in leadership, it's a very delicate balance, right? Because she is a woman, she wants to be taken seriously. She doesn't want to be taken advantage of, and she needs to lead. And so there's always this fine line with a woman about how much do I reveal? Am I being too nurturing? Am I being tough enough? There's always this balance of that. And I, the chapter really talks about how to go about that, you know, and how to be transparent, how to be authentic, how to be who you are and still lead a team and be respected. 
And people today at work crave transparency. People want to work with leaders that are going to tell them what's going on. So, for example, you know, we're going to hit recession in the next 18 months or so. People want to report to a leader that's going to tell them how their company's faring, if they're going to be laid off. They want to know. They want a transparent, honest leader. And I think it's a very delicate balance for a woman. And the chapter covers that, really talks about that, the nitty-gritty of transparency. All right. And so another aspect of your book, other chapters, they have really good titles here, about playing the game. What does that mean? Yeah, playing the game. So playing the game is, is the politics. And I remember when I was penning this book and I first started writing it, a woman came to me and said, would you write about office politics? And I said, you know, it's really difficult because office politics are subjective. And that's really about people's feelings. And playing the game is more about being strategic and understanding what you're saying, the power of what you're saying, and really trying to understand how that other person is going to receive it, maybe even before you say it. And that's all a part of playing the game. It's managing your perception. It's really thinking about why are you saying what you're saying? How are you saying it? Again, on the call that I just had with my client, I said in my own leadership, I had to develop quite a bit because my problem was never what I was saying. It was, it was my delivery. And so I had to really learn how to deliver things as a leader that may be unpleasant and not really hurt the person on the other side. And so that chapter about playing the game, that's a part of that as well. So a lot of this has to do, uh, because you're in a leadership role, doesn't matter whether you're a man or woman, but delivering difficult feedback is an awesome responsibility. And the way it can be done can be pretty awful. But that's because men are from Mars and people are different. And how do people take what is being said, if it's hard or if it attacks their success or personality uh, yep. adaptation. What is going on here with delivering difficult feedback? And who says you're right, by the way? You know, I can't agree with you more. And, and I think that's the thing about leadership. It's right there. You can say what you need to say, and then how are they going to take it? And where are they going to go with it? And then the worst part is, are they not going to perform now because they're mad? Because now that impacts me as the leader. So leadership is not easy. If it's done really, really well, it's truly an art and a science. It's the understanding of people, and it's also having compassion and having the heart space, too. So it's a delicate thing. I, again, I think for women in leadership, particularly in this time, it's delicate. In my article that you're referring to about delivering different feedback, it really talks about asking a lot of questions before you come to any conclusions or any judgments about what you think happened or didn't happen. So, for example, if somebody, somebody on your team sends you an email and your first thought is, why did they do that? And you're thinking, I know their work. I know the quality of their work. Why did they do that? And why did they do it like that? Delivering different feedback is about pulling back and really asking a number of questions, not for the sake of a witch hunt, not for the sake of being right, but truly for the sake of understanding. And asking those questions and being able to respond from that place. I reported to an extremely powerful leader for a number of years, and she was the best I ever saw at doing that. 
if a situation arises, she instantly stopped and she asked both parties a series of questions and made no conclusions. She would sleep on it and she would come back and she would coach, support, or direct us from there, whatever was appropriate. So delivering difficult feedback is exactly that. And again, I think if you look out there in anyone's career, you'd be hard pressed to find one or two or three good leaders in, in your career that really did this and did this well, that was trying to understand why something happened, not just focus on the issue or not just point to a broken process, but to really understand the why of it. Because at the end of the day, it would be really great if you could just be a leader and sit in your office and tell people what to do and say, I'll meet you on Friday and tell me what you accomplished. I mean, that would be the ultimate leadership, but that's not what it is because it's people. And people are kludgy. So there's a whole dynamic there that, that you have to kind of figure out and figure out your own quirkiness, and then you can kind of step into leadership. And the book talks about that. The book definitely talks about that. Do you give acting lessons? <laughs> no, because the leadership is transparent and it's authentic. It's funny. This just keeps going back to the client call. I just, just hung up with my client. And I said, you know, you're going to still be you. This is not about manipulating. This is not about being someone else. You're going to be you. You're just going to try a different tactic and a different strategy. And I guarantee you, you're going to get a very different result. So it doesn't matter if it's a woman or a man, right? It's the irony of this, honestly, Ed, is that I thought I wrote a book about women's leadership. And then if you look at the reviews on Amazon, if you look at my following on LinkedIn, if you look at my audience, like when I do a talk called How to Get Invited into the Boys Club and Why That's Important, men are there. So, I mean, I think it's ironic. I thought I, I wrote a book about women's leadership, but there's this whole pack of men behind this message, cheering it on, and are a part of this crazy train that's just taken off for me. So it's really fun. And I just never thought this book would go where it's going now or people would respond the way it did. Again, the reviews on Amazon, a lot of them were men bought the book, which to me was, is really shocking considering the title. So it's, it's really cool. It's really cool just to be a part of this. Well, that's cool. But let's go a little bit deeper here, because one of the things you say about delivering difficult feedback is attitude, I guess, or not having enough information, or be sure you ask the right questions or any questions, and the tone of voice, the look on a face, body language. Talk about that a little. That's really the crux of it, because I, I think it's really easy as the leader to find out that somebody on your team did something, and I want to back up and reframe that. You think they did something, that's your perception, and then you have a reaction, but the truth of the matter is you don't have all the information or you don't have all the facts that led up to that team member doing or not doing whatever it is that they did. And so then you have a reaction. And so that's when things start to get really messy because leaders will have reactions, judgments, and they're not slowing down and gaining information and actually responding from that place. And it takes self-mastery, frankly. That's really what a good leader has. A good leader has self-mastery. And that is very difficult to teach, and it's very difficult to obtain. And I gave a, a stab at it when I wrote the book. And most of the book was written about, I even talk about my own blunders and my own leadership trails and, and clients that I've coached and my own career blunders. I mean, I'm very transparent about all that, too. I certainly don't have all the answers. But I would say that good leadership and a component of leadership in terms of delivering feedback would be self-mastery. It starts there. 
Well, it's about intention. I think it is about intention. I think, I love your line of questioning because you're really making me reflect. I think it's about intention, but I think it's also about your own discipline. And I think for a woman, it's definitely discipline over her emotions and discipline over her thoughts. You think something happened, but it stops there. It's you think. Maybe it did and maybe it didn't, and you don't know, and so you get more information and, and gather that. So you got to interview. I mean, you have to ask questions. You have to ask questions, but you have to ask questions with the intention to listen and not to make judgments and not to think that you know what they're going to say before they say it. And you almost have to get yourself in a space, a mental, emotional space to be able to do that. And it takes discipline. And it takes practice, and it takes falling down and skinning your knees. So you got to take the time. How do you measure when people rise to the occasion and perform better? What are you watching for? I have a story for that. I have a little short story that, that frames that perfectly. How do you know? You know when you're a good leader, very simply, when you can step away and everything runs like clockwork. You know when you're not getting phone calls and emails. When you've really let go and you've really trusted your people to do what they need to do and you've trained them to that level and you're able to let go and not be codependent and they're able to rise to an occasion. And here's my short story around that. Several years ago, I was in my office. I had a team of five. Ironically, they were all men that I was leading. And my phone rang in my office one day and a woman said, my name is so-and-so, and I'm in Colorado, and I work for hospice, and your father is dying. And I was like, oh, okay. And she said, he is actually asking for you, and he's been asking for you for many, many months, and your stepmother would not release your name or your phone number to us. And I'm calling you because I've looked for you in three different states, everywhere I could possibly find, and I could never find you. And I'm asking you if you would get on a plane and see your father you are his dying wish. And I said, yes, I can do that. And she said, do you understand what hospice is? This is immediate. And I said, yes, I do. And I will be on a plane. And I hung up the phone. And my first thought was, oh, my God, my team. Oh, my God, I'm at work. I need to handle this. And I need to keep moving here and pull it together. So the first thing I did was I called my boss. And I said, hey, I got this situation. He said, go. You need to go. You don't get this time back. This is the moment of your life. And I said, yes, I'm in agreement. Meanwhile, my husband is booking flights to get me to Colorado and saying, we got to book it now because the flights keep raising the prices. And I'm like, just book it. I'll figure it out when I get home. Just tell me when I'm going. I collect myself. I go out of my office down to my team and I gather them and I say, hey, guys, I have a situation here. I just got a phone call and my father is dying and I haven't seen him in seven years. And this is really important. So this is what I need from you. I need you guys to do what you do and do it really, really well, because for the next four days I am doing my father is dying and you're going to be working and I don't, I'm not going to take a phone call. I'm not going to look at email. I need to be a hundred percent focused in my father dying. So my expectation is that you guys do what you need to do. And Chris, you're going to be the point lead. So if anything goes wrong, you're going to go to Chris, and then I'll get a download when I come in in four days. And they all looked at me and stopped. And one of them had the most horrific look on his face. And he was terrified because I realized he had such faith in me as the leader that if the leader wasn't going to be okay, 
he didn't know what was going to happen. And I thought, oh, no, now I'm going to have to soothe him and tell him I'm okay, which I did. And I left, and we did what we did, and I saw my dad, and, it, you know, it was the best moments of my life and his life, and I have that gift from the rest of my life, knowing that I showed up. And I came back to work, and I went into a department, and I said, hey, did you hear from my team? Like, I'm curious, like, did everything go okay? Was there any complaints? Is there any problems? You know, we got a couple of squeaky executives. Is there any issues? They looked up at me, and they were like, no, Elizabeth, everything's fine. We never heard from them. And I got to tell you, to be really honest, I didn't trust it. <laughs> so I went to a couple other departments and I said, hey, did you hear from my team? How's it going? And they said, no, it's good. And so I went down to my team and they said, oh, we're glad you're back. And we're really sorry what happened and how are you? And I very stoically said I was fine and it was everything's fine. And I, and I really conveyed the leader was fine. And when I walked off, one of them came down to my office and I said to him, hey, Chris, was everything okay? And he goes, yeah, there was no problems. There's a couple things. I handled it. It was fine. He goes, I want you to know, we all gathered around. We were all going to buy you flowers or a card. But I stopped them and I said that you were so private and that this was your moment and that you would absolutely not want that kind of attention but I want you to know that we all thought of you and that we all cared very much and we were thinking of you and we didn't buy the flowers. And I looked at him and I smiled and I looked down and that's when I knew I was going to start to lose it. And I, I thanked him and he walked out of my room and I closed my door and I burst into tears for 10 minutes because I felt very loved and I felt very understood as the leader and I did not want flowers and I did not want the card and that was my personality. And they let me have it. And that's when I knew I had risen to be a real leader. My team performed. There was no problem. And they even knew how to be gracious with me in a hellacious moment in my own life. Well, I got watery eyes right now. Gosh. What a great story. <laughs> I am the luckiest person on this earth. And I got to tell you, I looked on LinkedIn the other day. And, you know, I guess I've been doing this work for like 18 years or something ridiculous. and Somebody reached out to me and said, you know, your life has been nothing but service and all the countless hours you've spent with people, paid and unpaid, and all that you've done, they're the lucky ones. And I said, no, I have never worked a day in my life. I am so lucky to witness people's lives, be in their moments in career crises, coach them into great leaders, and to be vulnerable myself in this process. I mean, I am so very grateful for this book for this time with you, for my career. I mean, it's, it's been the time of my life. I am lucky. This is cool. So people out there, you can visit Elizabeth Lyons at LinkedIn. That's L-I-O-N-S, Elizabeth Lyons. You'll find her on LinkedIn and you'll see all this stuff. So let's get back to your book as we come to an almost close here. Lean in. What? That, that was the book by the lady from Facebook, and you're saying forget Lean In. So what's this about? Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't like it. It's me. I think it's a great book. I think it's a great read for many women. I know that Hero's Roar is different. Because before I wrote Hero's Roar, I asked a lot of women, what did you think about that book? And, and they said, you know, some of it I just couldn't relate to. Maybe I wasn't as educated as she was. I didn't, I didn't have a lot of disposable income. I didn't, have, I didn't have the prestige and the power that she did. And so when I wrote Hero's Roar, I wrote it 
with the normal woman in corporate America trying to slog it out. And my message is very different. My message is really not what's mainstream and what's out there. My message very simply is twofold. Number one, we as women need to be able to work with men in the office and stop the silly notion that they have all the power and that they won't promote us and that we don't have a seat at the table. All of that needs to go away. That whole notion puts us in a victim standpoint, a victim mindset, and we are not victims. And furthermore, the executives in the office will actually help us, promote us, and coach us if we allow them. So my first message is figure out how to work with them in their playground, number one. And number two, my message very strongly is if you are a woman in leadership or acting as a leader, you have the responsibility and the right to identify and promote other women up, period, end of story. Talking with Elizabeth Lyons from Lyonsology, elizabethlyons.com. So thanks for being our guest today on Global Radio Talk Show. It's been amazing. I love it. My sincere pleasure. I'm so thrilled to be a part of this platform. So thank you for everything. And if somebody wants to reach out with to me, I'm more than happy to talk with them and chat with check out Lionsology, check out Hiros Roar, and I'll be around. I'll keep doing what I'm doing until I can't do it no more. Hear Us Roar is on Amazon, right? Yes, it is. Okay, great. Thanks very much. Once again, this is Ed Cohen signing off with Elizabeth Lyons. Take care now. Thank you. I think to myself, what a wonderful.